What's up, guys? Here with you, FC Wonder Kid, episode 128. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? Doing well, Alex. I am excited for match week three, Champions League. But before we get there, we've got the Premier League. We've got to go to the Eredivisie. We've got to go all around the world and talk about some uh, craziness. Uh, Chelsea is doing well, I think, right? That Chelsea-Arsenal game was fun. Um, uh, the Merseyside Derby. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, but I'd imagine um, mm -hmm. you can't get enough of this football, huh? <laughs> I can't get enough of it, Bretson. And don't forget yeah. to comment down below all your thoughts about episode 128. Because, yes, we're going to go bold about a lot of topics in this podcast. And, yes, Chelsea are looking different now, okay? They haven't lost in their last, what, four games? And it's a good reason yep. to smile now. Cole Palmer is the difference of this Chelsea team. There's literally yeah. a before and after Cole Palmer right now. And Cole Palmer has three goals and assists in his last four games for Chelsea. He is the difference, and I love the confidence in taking that penalty. I'm not saying Sterling mm -hmm. would miss it, but you love to see a lad that is confident enough to make his team succeed. £40 million pounds is starting to, look at, look, starting to be a bargain. Are, do you agree yeah. with me, Bretton? Yeah. <laughs> I... I I would agree with you, actually. Uh, I think you're absolutely right when it comes down to it. There is a before and an after Cole Palmer. I mean, he's direct. He's exactly what they need right now. Um, and uh, Chelsea, in this match, I think won about 75 to 80 minutes of it. And then um, they... they I, I wouldn't say they fell apart, but obviously they wound up drawing the game. And I'm going to say it right now. This is the first time that I saw Pochettino actually coach this team right it was the first time i felt tactically chelsea was on top um even though you know their xg is higher their analytics whatever you want to talk about mm -hmm. this was one of the first times that i was like oh wow i mean this this seems like a well-coached team mm -hmm. this seems like a team that is going to start to pop off uh in the future but um hey if I think the only bad bad person on the day was Robert Sanchez, and that hasn't been every day uh, mm -hmm. for Chelsea since he's come in. So you can maybe give him a little bit of a mulligan, but uh, Cole Palmer definitely deserves the uh, all the plaudits he's getting right now. Facts. Um, Facts. But they, sh they should have mm -hmm. won that game, no? <laughs> yes, it's true. But they're facing Arsenal, though. Like If you, ch if you yeah. told Chelsea fans that they would draw Arsenal and they mm -hmm. were beating them 2-0... A month back, they'd say, look, 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 we need, we can't get ahead of ourselves. The expectations were that Chelsea weren't even going to be fighting for the top six with their last games. But things are changing right now. And you mentioned Pochettino. Pochettino in this game managed to show a lot of his worth. And now this team is a team viewed with a lot of stars. Two, three months back, this was a bad team. A team with no habits. A team with bad players. It's changing the narrative. And I got to give a really good shout out to Pochettino for doing that. And yes, the midfield sure. too. Enzo and Caicedo are still not in their full best form at Chelsea. That's a fact. But Conor Gallagher is, okay? The pressing off ball is unreal. And the leadership qualities that he's showing are absolutely great. Tackles, interceptions. Cole Palmer has been the best midfielder of Chelsea in the last few games. Next to Enzo and, and Caicedo. So I really love to see that. When Mason Mount leaves, 
Cole Palmer is now turning up and being the replacement of the academy. So that's I I was quite quite surprised with Cole Palmer. Like he's really yeah. Co- Co- he's playing really well. Connor Gallagher. I well, sorry, Connor Gallagher. <laughs> Connor yes. Gallagher. I I knew you were talking about him the whole time. I just didn't want to you know stop and slow your roll there. But yes, no, Connor Gallagher. There's a reason why. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Poch, whether it's whoever came before him, right at Chelsea. I mean, Connor Gallagher does find his way in there, and a lot of it are the intangibles. Um, we've often talked about. Uh, I think when he was playing on loan at Palace, we just yep. loved his engine. Um, but there's also a good footballer in there, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're starting to see that. Now, it was a footballer that, um, yeah, a lot of people were kind of turning on in these early dark days uh, of, of the Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, experience under Pochettino. Um, but, but you can see that he is going to be a very, very big piece for them uh, moving forward. And I, I, you know, you mentioned Caicedo, you mentioned Enzo. Um, I, I, I'm going to say it. I, I think that they made... Guys like Martin Odegaard, an absolute non-factor in this match. <laughs> um, so I, I think while it wasn't their best game, I think they're really, 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 um, their ceiling is so far from where we are right now, mm-hmm. obviously, and they're only going to get better. I think it was a very, very effective game from that midfield for the majority of it because Martin Odegaard was nowhere to be seen. And that's not normal for Odegaard. He does not disappear like that all the time, although I, I know there are some people out there trying to paint him as somebody that disappears no. against quote-unquote bigger teams. I'm not one of those guys. So anyway... I think there's life under Pochettino. Um, I, I loved this match because they won 75, 80 minutes of it. I definitely think that that was a mistake goal, no matter what Mudrick says. That was a mistake goal, but it doesn't matter. Still went in the net, and I think the, the biggest detractors on the day were the goalkeepers. You know, I, I really just think it was a bad day for Sanchez. And I have to ask you, Alex, mm. the, the whole Raya over Ramsdale, Ramsdale over Raya stuff. Mm-hmm. doesn't this feel like, you know, cutting your nose off in spite of your face? Doesn't this feel like, you know, what's the other cliche, uh, shooting yourself in the foot? It feels like you created drama where there didn't need to be drama. And now you've got Ramsdale over Raya, Ra- Raya over Ramsdale. Well, if you're going to take this one game, um, I would have Ramsdale as starter for the rest of the year. Mm, right? That's a bold shout it because just, I, I put Raya still better better than Ramsdale. I do understand uh, that that Mudrik goal came from a Raya mistake, but that won't, ha- that won't happen often. David Raya is a no. very competent keeper. David Raya adds a lot in the progressive play of this Arsenal team. But yes, I did. I do. I do think he did look bad in that mistake. And I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. you corrected me. You're totally right. Connor Gallagher is the player that has been unbelievable. Okay, next to Enzo and Caicedo. And right now, Connor yeah. Gallagher, Enzo, and Caicedo can be mentioned in their last, let's say, two games that they're one of the mm. most informed midfields in the Premier League. Okay, and they're young. They are young. So let's wait and see what's going to happen in the rest of this season. But you mentioned. Mikhailo Mudrik needed this goal. Mikhailo Mudrik has the work ethic, the discipline, the talent to be a world-class player. We, are all, we were all waiting for the start of this legacy to happen. And I fully believe it will 
now after this Arsenal game. Mudrik is here to stay. Like, if you see the extra hours, the training sessions, yeah. what the teammates say about Mudrik, say he's a workaholic. And I love to hear things like that about a Ukrainian young winger like Mudrik. This is the first goal of the season, and I fully expect they're going to be a lot more. That's what he needed. A confidence booster. Like, if, I don't yeah. care if, if that was not intended or not. He's going to be more confident to do more shots a lot more times. And that's what Mudrik yeah. needed. Like, the difference with Sterling and Mudrik is experience. Because Mudrik mm. is faster. He's, his decision-making is phenomenal. We've seen it in the Champions League in the past. And yes, mm. he is rapid, okay? So, that like, I, 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 I loved it. I loved to see Mudrik yeah. do this. It's uh, it's been a weekend um, for the maligned figures of the Premier League uh, in Mikhailo Mudrik getting a goal, Harry Maguire getting a player of the match award. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else is going to happen this weekend, but uh, hey, it's a good start for those that get ridiculed on X slash Twitter uh, quite frequently. So, yeah, I mean, you love to see it. Mudrik obviously is... Uh, uh, he's he's got those physical tools that just can't be matched. And yes, if Pochettino can figure out how to maybe simplify or make him not overthink um, and and just play, mm -hmm. um, obviously he's good enough for some goals. It's whether or not he he's good enough to become a a dominant winger like Raheem Sterling once was. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sure. or or you know, like what Chelsea needs, mm -hmm. frankly, um, and what they need to grow into. So hey. Uh, another step in the right direction for Chelsea. Um, it's uh, it hasn't even really been a month yet, but Alex, I feel like we're talking more positively about Chelsea, and I'm here for it. No, um, I didn't like the, the I didn't like that. The list yeah. of players that now Pochettino has at Chelsea, like yeah. the list of players, is now seen in the positive way. Now Chelsea are sure. seen positively to have Malo Gusto. Mm -hmm. uh, they are seen positively to have Enzo, Caicedo, Cole Palmer. Mudrik. So the truth is, all of these players are young talents and ballers. So if they're in the right spirit, the right culture that Pochettino could be nurturing, we're talking here of a, maybe a new era in the Premier League with Chelsea after Man City. But this Who is knows? wishful thinking, maybe. But let us know what you're thinking about the Blues, okay, in the comment section down below. But yes, Liverpool, the Merseyside Derby. What a win, yes. okay? A late, a late win, but a win that you see Mo Salah once again in the score sheet. And Mo Salah this season has nine Premier League games, seven goals, four assists. That's 13 goal. That's like that's 11 goal involvements, okay? And Mo Salah, no doubt in my mind, made the right decision to reject the Saudi League and stay in the Premier League another season. Liverpool are title contenders because of Salah and maybe Darwin Nunes too. That Darwin Nunes, all of his assists in the Premier League have been to Mo Salah, the eight of them. It's absolutely mad that all of them go to Mo Salah. They got to start together. That is the best offensive duo right now for Liverpool in their team. Start Darwin with Mo Salah. It has to be the case. What? <laughs> it, it 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 does. It does, and I, I think it will. I, I also like seeing Ryan Gravenberg in there, uh, getting that start in a big Merseyside derby. But, uh, Alex, mm -hmm. I, I think we have to um, talk about the elephant in the room here. 
Um, th this is a very, I understand the Merseyside Derby has been played for years, uh, but Everton is not the Everton of old. Everton is uh, very much a relegation battler right now. Mm -hmm. um, Abdullah Ducore is their Premier League leading scorer. Uh, they have been hard done by the fact that they've lost a lot of one-goal games relatively recently. Um, but if Liverpool did not win this game, I think there would have been more questions asked on one side than on the other. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, when when, <laughs> when we're looking at this and we want to analyze it, yeah, it was the most Salah show. I thought he was going to actually complete his hat trick at some point. Um, but I just don't see a future right now. Um, where Everton is not a championship club. Mm. <laughs> I, I, Relegated. I, I would like to be wrong. Relegated. Yeah, I think Burnley is are worse than, than Everton right now. And they got and it right with Zaki Abduni. <laughs> yeah, and you're absolutely right. And and uh, you, there are only, I think that's the, the biggest uh, saving grace here, is that there's only three relegated clubs. So um, there are, as mm -hmm. it stands, within the Premier League, three worse teams than Everton. Um, but any which way, we haven't seen Burnley play even remotely decent football, uh, except for that few, you know, the 30 minutes that you and I watched in a uh, Kashkesh pub uh, on opening day versus Manchester City. Uh, but there's also Bournemouth, who I think at some point will catch a little bit of a run of form, but they have been really, really um, for poor me, under Areola uh, so far. So, definitely going to get relegated. Yeah. Like, definitely. Like, well, that, that's my uh, team that are definitely relegation. But, uh, that father. but yes, last thing yeah. on my the Liverpool. I, I, on Liverpool, I yeah. really want to mention Dominique Chobosley is the number eight mm -hmm. that we all wished to have seen to come earlier, okay? He is mm -hmm. the best. I say the best buy this uh, this summer for Liverpool. The work rate, the solutions he offers offensively, even on set pieces. We all know Shabazzlai is an absolute baller. I'm going to say Shabazzlai needs to be ranked in the same... Mm, I'm going to say it. Shabazzlai needs to be ranked in the same way as maybe an Odegaard, as a Madison, and a Foden. He's got the talent. He's super responsible for his Hungarian national team, the captain, the leader. And now at Liverpool, he's taking the reins off the Gerard soul. You know what I mean? The weight of the eight. Because yeah. that ain't easy. That ain't easy to do. No. Uh, such a good job with the reputation and the weight of that jersey at the number eight. And, and do you that. have any worries? Yeah, he absolutely is. Uh, do you have any worries moving forward about this Robertson? Uh, you know, it's Simica's time mm -hmm. uh, for Klopp and Liverpool. But do you have any worries moving forward about them missing Robertson for a relatively expended, extended period of time? Well, I think I think when it comes to January, I think they'll have to they'll have to reinforce themselves if Robertson won't be available. Let's say in the second yeah. stage of the season. But uh, no, I think Simikas can do the job. I think I think he's good enough. And even Arnold, man, even with his style of play, like I I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised if like they can offer a solution. Ah, they've had Joe Gomez too playing left back, and like he's That's got true. experience in that position. But obviously, he's not Robertson. But I think Simikas can do the job and, uh, until January comes through. I think so too. But it's yeah. a well point out. It's well mm -hmm. point out. It's just Darwin Nunes. I can't understand how he doesn't start every game. Because when Dar yeah. just seeing like the Liverpool offense, when Shabazzlai, Darwin Nunes, and Salah are all playing together, it's lethal, lethal. And mm -hmm. if you see the goal of Mo Salah, where they go like a super counter attack, all three players are in the in mm -hmm. the Everton box, 
in such a short mm -hmm. period of time. So Shabazz like even showed his physicality and matching the run of Mo Salah and Darwin. Like it's such a good tri the triangulations between all three. Like it's so good to see, and I think Liverpool, no doubts, seeing Liverpool with Darwin, Salah, Shabazzai, Van Dijk looking better, Allison looking great. Like Liverpool are top three, no doubt in my mind, and Klopp deserves this. Klopp deserves stability. Big doubt is what is going to happen to Liverpool after Mo Salah leaves next summer. I think he's going to yes. leave next summer, most possibly, and if he does. Who will they replace him with? I think the best replacement possible would be Jamal Musiala. But that would be very expensive. And they will need to, ha like, at least convince the player and the agent. But that's my, that's a bull shout that I'm doing here. And But let us know. Who do you think is the most solid replacement in the future, too? I saw Sané <laughs> talks. Sané talks, too. <laughs> that wouldn't be the same as Jamal Musiala. <laughs> no. But so, Musiala, what would... What would he cost? I think it would moment? be like 80 to 100 million to get him out of Bayern Munich. Not, and the thing terrible. here with Bayern Munich is like, we're going to talk more ahead, but like, there's a lot of yeah. reports of Alfonso Davies leaving. Some reports of Kimish yep. wanting Barca. Some reports of Sane and Jamal Musiala maybe going to the Prem. So Bayern Munich, yeah. they might be losing their reign in the next in the next two years if they don't make the right decisions. So... Let's wait and see on that end. But uh, we're talking yeah. here on end uh, rains. Um, I wanted mm -hmm. to mention here the unfortunate uh, news that we had that Sir Bobby Charlton, rest in peace, one of the greatest English players, if not the greatest English players, to play this game has passed away. Our condolences mm -hmm. here at FC Wonder Kid. If you don't know him, please do your dues, due diligence, and see the history of Bob Bobby Charlton if you love football because this man was involved in a crash in the Munich plane okay that unfortunately yep. uh, like it's sad news it was sad at the time that a lot of Man United players passed away but Sir Bobby Charlton he 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 survived and he made sure to make the best career possible and a legacy that would be respected and he had 758 games 250 49 goals 12 trophies won, and he won a World Cup after this tragedy. Yep. So, like, one of the best uh, players ever in the history of this game, Sir Bobby Charlton. And, you know, I know you don't want to bring it up, Alex, but we, we do know what, you, during that 1966 World Cup win, okay, mm -hmm. he did not happen to score against West Germany in the final, but in the semifinal, do you know who he beat and who he scored a brace against? It was Zabu. I do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those two, like, uh, but like no. Eusebio and yeah. Sir Bobby Charlton, like, they should be remembered nonstop. I know Pele gets a lot of attention, Maradona, which is completely understandable, but these two players, yeah. too, like, they are greats. Absolute no. greats. I love how you mentioned that it, game, too, because that was... Uh, had to, had to. It was very talked to. But listen, 80, 86 years in football, and um, that's that's a hell of a life. That's a wonderful life, and uh, it, it's more of a celebration than it is a uh, uh, something that we, you know, not taken away necessarily too soon. But my goodness, has he left a legacy. That's, true. That's for sure. It's true. It's um, true. So Jude yeah. Bellingham. Jude Bellingham will have to try and become the best English player ever. <laughs> but let's wait and see if that's going to happen. But rest in peace, sir, Bobby mm. Charlton. But mentioning greats, I think Man City can be said right now. Man City is sure. – this Man City team is one of the best Premier League teams ever no doubt in my mind they won a european trouble and now this 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 achievement is unreal man city had the most consecutive home wins 
in the Premier League. The Etihad is now a fortress and it can be said now. This is one of the best English teams ever with Pep Guardiola with one of the best managers ever too, if not the best too. It's a fortress, the Etihad, right now as we speak. It's unreal yeah, what he's is. done. Like, he's invested a lot of money, but he's invested yeah. well. <laughs> That's the truth, man. Yes. Uh, man City. That is that very, very few misses um, on on his front, on his watch. But, uh, I mean, at some point, mm-hmm. he's got to move on. Mm. He's got to move on. I mean, after a treble, um, how how are we – How are we? Uh, what mm. is success for Pep Guardiola from here on out? Uh, it is to do it again and again and, and again. again, is it not? I agree. Yeah. I think he should stay in Man City okay. because no team on earth can offer what Man City can. Guarantees. And well, he's been there for, what, six years? He's won five Premier League titles in the meantime. <laughs> he's improved yeah. a lot of players that were from academy. Example, Phil Foden. Phil Foden has five yeah. Premier League titles. He's won 14 trophies. He's been at the club since the age of four. He's one of the most talented players ever in Manchester City, if not England too. Like, it's what he's done, Pep Guardiola, is create history with this team. Yep. So, but... To make that happen, I want to say too, Man City have not lost a game with Rodri in their last 36 fixtures. 36. This is the importance of Rodri. When Rodri is not there, this man is irreplaceable. And that's why maybe Rodri will be in the top five of the Ballon d'Or next to De Bruyne and next to Haaland because of his massive importance, Rodri. Calvin Phillips can't replace him. And we already see news (laughs) that Calvin Phillips is going to go in January already okay so that ain't good news but I want to mention to Alvarez Julian Alvarez Mm -hmm. 14 appearances this season seven goals five assists 21 million bargain okay it's a bargain for what he's done he's won a world cup he's won a champions league he's won a premier league and people are legitimately saying Alvarez or Holland I still think Holland is better but longevity wise I think Alvarez could be staying at Man City more years because Haaland could maybe have higher ambitions. So the buy, the coup of getting Alvarez will be seen as maybe one of the best buys in Premier League history if it goes right. Okay, he's only 23 right now. Exactly. He's still getting crafted. And Mm -hmm. what he's been doing at City, winning Pep Guardiola over... Um, it, it's got to make people feel a whole lot better about the Argentinian future uh, that lies ahead. When you've got Julian Alvarez, you've got guys like Lautaro Martinez, who wasn't exactly, you know, front and center of Argentina's World Cup win. But you, you've got uh, Lautaro's mm-hmm. 26. Julian Alvarez is what? You said 23, 22? 23. Um, and it, it, you've got McAllister behind them. You've got Enzo. I, I mean, it is a very, better. very bright future. Sans Messi, even without <laughs> Messi, Argentina is going to be a power for many years to come. You reckon? Um, so you, it, it's, you reckon it's, Argentina without uh, Messi will be stronger than Portugal without Ronaldo? Uh, I, th- I don't ooh, think so. Well, I gotta see it. I gotta see it first. Um, no, I mean there there will be growing pains. I'm sure there will be growing pains. But you can't tell me that the talent isn't necessarily there to create a very very good team, um, one that can still rule South America for years to come and go very far in 2026. Well, that's for sure. I think Scaloni yeah. did save a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Brazil Federation should be learning from the Argentinian one. 
Because the appointment of Scaloni was the right decision. And the appointment of Fernandini for Brazil was the wrong decision. <laughs> so I'd say, I'd say those growing pains, they can be solidified, I guess, with the right decision of appointment of manager. So I think that would yep. be my biggest thought. But in terms of talent and group, I think maybe the Portuguese yep. national team will have a better, let's say, list of players. That's that's where I was going through. But well, could be. It's a discussion. It's, Never know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely a discussion. And one we could do our own topic on this. But, uh, I mean, I think we do have to slap back to the Premier League mm-hmm. um, before we move into the Champions League predictions, right? Because mm-hmm. I, yes. I thought Eddie Howe, I thought Eddie Howe was going to have an issue with replicating last year's wonderful defensive performance. Well, not wonderful. Mm-hmm. Historic defensive performance uh, last season for Newcastle. And um, I, I'm wrong so far. And mm-hmm. I will happily admit that I, I would be wrong. There really hasn't been a uh, reversion to the mean. Um, they have one of the best defenses still mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Uh, in fact, some of these guys within their defense probably already make the all-time list of defenders in Newcastle history um, at this mo- moment in time. The the Fabian Shar reawakening or reimagining, whatever you want to call it, is just unbelievable to me. Now, that's Eddie Howe, mm-hmm. right? That's definitely part Eddie Howe. It's part man management. It's part the system, whatever you want to call it, okay? But I was not expecting what he's been doing with the offense, with the attack, okay? To put four goals up, right? Four goals up in this win over the weekend. To have guys like Alexander Isak, Callum Wilson. To have reimaginings of guys like Almiron, Joe Linton, Longstaff. Um, these, you know, to have the the craziness of the Sandra Tonali um, mm-hmm. Betting scandal hanging over their heads, and to still put in performances like this after a three-game losing streak, uh, Eddie Howe is winning me over as as somebody that definitely deserves even more plaudits than he's currently getting. Um, it's just very, very impressive what is happening at St. James Park, uh, and you know they're they're going to have another test this week against AC Milan. But come on, they've they've put four past PSG. They've put eight past Sheffield United. Um, they Dortmund, are the Dortmund. best. They're going to play Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund. Oh, it's Dortmund. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Dortmund. I, I, thank, you, thank you for that. Um, but when it, it, it's pretty, pretty dang impressive that when you look at the Premier League table, mm-hmm. it is not Manchester City on top of goal scored. It is not, uh, who else, Liverpool on top mm-hmm. of goal scored or Arsenal. It is Newcastle. Mm. Newcastle United, one of the best defenses in the league. And as of right now, from a team perspective, with a guy like Kieran Trippier leading the league in assists, um, you've you've got a hell of an offense, too. Uh, and they haven't even started spending yet, Alex. <laughs> they haven't started spending well, a lot spending, yet. Spending uh, big, they still haven't. But they still spend big with no. Alexander Isak, Botman. Those two players yeah. cost more than $100 million together. <laughs> they they, they did. They did. There was, they there was a more. six to 12 month. There was a six to 12 month. Like, yeah, they haven't even started throwing that weight around. We, I, we I know agree. that I we, agree with, we that. know that for a fact. And in fact, one of the, one of the ones that, um, you know, we were just talking about Cole Palmer, Manchester city. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones I was incredibly skeptical about with English tacked tacked on there, yeah. a guy like Anthony Gordon, mm-hmm. Anthony Gordon, getting pulled over from Everton, leaving a bad situation for a much brighter situation. Well, it's amazing 
What a change in atmosphere. What a change in experience. What a change in coach. Uh, what a change in stability mm-hmm. does for a player because Anthony Gordon is uh, he's probably not worth the money they've spent so far, but he is certainly getting there. In my, in well, my for book. Newcastle, um, he could be right now yeah. because he's he's, have, he's had some important games. I'd say maybe this season, Almiron, Anthony yeah. Gordon, they could be seen maybe yeah. in sharing the weight of responsibility. But going with what you said, Newcastle show enormous mental resilience. They struggled at yeah. the beginning of the season, but they have the right mm-hmm. pieces. The right manager, Eddie Howe, and the right captain, Kieran Trippier. They are the people that represent that mental resilience physically, and they are doing so good right now. Okay, Newcastle are unbeaten in their last eight games. They've scored 29 goals in their last in, in 12 games in all competitions right now. And it's Callum Wilson, it's Alexander Isak, it's Brungi Maranj, it's Anthony Gordon. It's a strong group. They are gonna go through in the Champions League because this is a hard team to beat in St. James Park, like we saw with PSG. This is a solid group created in such a short period of time by Newcastle, a group that the fans must be honored to watch. They must be hopeful that they're going to win a Premier League title in the next five years because that's the dream that can be conceivable right now, okay? And yes, Trippier is top in assists. That's what you got to say. In the Premier League, he's doing so good, and no player has more assists than Kieran Trippier. So that's what you got to see. The captain doing what he's got to do. And he's, what, nine games in? Nine games in, he's already one assist away from last year's tally of seven. So he's he's stepping up, he's leveling up, and, and this is a... This is a guy that, um, yeah, you take him away. Obviously, Newcastle is maybe a little bit of a different team, uh, but they're getting it from everyone within their side. It's not just one star. It's not just, you know, is Erling Holland going to score five goals or something like that? And that's, I really shouldn't even say that as a knock on City because he hasn't been the focal point of City for the year. But what they are getting mm-hmm. it from all sides. And I think that is a testament to, to, to what Eddie Howe does um to, to every player has a role to play in the team um and it's uh it's yeah okay i gave him a little shtick for uh that three game losing streak earlier this year but my they have come back with a vengeance and i agree with you i think they will get through a very hard champions league group um and and, and they will be i'm not going to say a dark horse or anything like that but they're going to be a tough thorn in the side of whoever they play in that knockout round for sure. It's true. Sure. And you were yeah. mentioning Champions League, so it does make sense to talk about it right now. Champions League okay. round three predictions. Okay, people, we've gotten yeah. a lot of them right, but we've got some wrong. So let us know what you think is right and wrong in this video. Don't forget to like this video too, because the Champions League is always the best competition in Europe to see. And so many exciting mm-hmm. moments come from it. And right now, the leading goal scorers of the Champions League are both in Manchester with Julian Alvarez and Rasmus Winterhoylen with three goals scored. Alvarez has an assist too, going with those three goals. So what a season he's going to be having uh, in the Champions League. I, 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 I believe he will. So Tuesday, yeah. we, got a, we got an interesting game here to start with. Group A, Galatasaray, yeah. Bayern, Munich. Right now, they're the top mm. two of this group. What do you think is going to happen, Bretton? <laughs> Well, I think this is the one that Galatasaray has probably had circled as if anything is going to 
screw up our 22 game unbeaten streak from back <laughs> uh, dating back to last season. It likely is going to be this game, but you've also wow. mentioned um, you've also mentioned some uh, unevenness in the Bayern camp. Um, I, I think Galatasaray uh, is, is good enough to get a point out of this game. It is at home. Uh, Bayern will be coming in uh, to, to Turkey to get this done. Davinson Sanchez and Bardak, Bardashi, I think is his, his name. Uh, their other center back has been very, very good for them. And Lucas Torreira has been very good and he hasn't really gotten a whole lot Sasha of love Bui. this season. Sasha um, Bui. yeah. And yep. And Turk I'm, I'm a big fan of, but listen, they're not going to have a Cardi and that's an issue. Uh, so uh, whether or not they play for a draw, I'm not entirely sure. I doubt I doubt it, oh. but I do think Byron obviously has enough firepower, <clears throat> Harry Kane, uh, that they they have the they likely will end Galatasaray's 22 game unbeaten streak. And my goodness, what a run it has been! Harry Kane has uh, 11 games, 10 goals, five assists. So that that streak is going to be put to the test completely. Yes, it I'm going to go here yeah. with Bayern Munich because I do think that yeah. they have everything to win this game. I do I do respect Galatasaray's great form, but right okay. now Leroy Sané, Jamal Musial is confident now with the German team too. Kimish yep. wants to show that he's a world-class player. It's in these moments. And I think a lot of Man United fans will be hoping that Galatasaray could make something happen, but Bayern Munich will have to just show their dominance in this group. And I think they're going to win this yeah. one. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to agree on this one, uh, although I think Galatasaray does have enough to at least get a draw mm. here. Uh, but no, going into this without Icardi is going to be tough because Icardi scored quite a bit uh, relatively, I think it was Besiktas. They they beat over the weekend two to one, and he scored both goals before bowing That's out true. with injury. So uh, I got all the respect in the world for Galatasaray, but I think Bayern's going to win this one. But the fun one, <laughs> the fun next game the is Manchester one. United <laughs> is Manchester United versus Copenhagen because I would pay a whole lot of money to see the Hoyland brothers, the trio of brothers, actually face each other on the field. And I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Rasmus obviously will likely start for United, mm -hmm. but Copenhagen for those, for some reason that still do not know because they haven't been listening to our <laughs> podcasts. There are twin brothers, twin Hoyland brothers that play for Copenhagen. And one of them, most likely the midfielder. Uh, I think that's Oscar, or mm -hmm. maybe that's Emil. Uh, one of them has a chance to actually play, but it's very unlikely they'll be on the, the on the pitch at the exact same time. But how cool is that? Three Hoylands, one stadium. That's fun. And pay attention that's to Rooney Bargy, the Swedish wonder yes. kids that could surprise a lot of people at Old Trafford. And when a wonder kid surprises at Old Trafford, the world seems to know about him straight after. Remember Inaki Williams True. and Munyain. Oh, yeah. They went hella yeah. bold when they were Wonder Kids. I could see Rooney Bargy becoming a well-known name after this game at Old Trafford. I'm going to say United yeah. because this is a mandatory win, not just for their hopes yes. in going through in the Champions League, but to solidify themselves as Europa League team if they don't go through in their third place. So I got to say yeah. United has to win this game. Do you agree? Yeah. I do agree with that, and I think if there's another player that needs another big game to build momentum, it's going to be Harry Maguire. True. Uh, be because Eric Ten Hag has got his back, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and he put in he put in a man of the match performance that for some reason people are starting a narrative that you know Harry Maguire has been mistreated and this and that. It was against Sheffield United people. Exactly. Please. 
just exactly. just back off, okay? If he starts doing it routinely, then I'm sure people will start to switch their narratives some, and they'll they'll give him a little more credit. But come on, well it was said. one performance. We'll we'll go from there. But Hoyland also needs uh, Rasmus Vinter Hoyland, uh, the older brother. He needs some goals too. And uh, what what a fun way to do it than against uh, the team your two brothers play for. It's true. And uh, remember so the the remember, remember last season that. Uh, Man United were in the Champions League. Ronaldo was scoring the goals, and they weren't do doing True. too good in the Premier League. So, yeah. Rasmus Winterhorland in the Champions League this season could be the scapegoat, or maybe the bad form in the Premier League. Because yeah. if 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 they go through, a lot of Man United fans will be starting to pay a lot more attention in the Champions League games. So yeah, that true. could be a positive beam if it goes well. So, uh, Group D, we got Inter Salzburg. Mm. Ui. This is mm. a game that we'll we'll get a lot of we'll get a lot of answers from it, and I'm gonna say this: Inter right now mm. are one of the most exciting teams in Europe, no doubt in my mind, and they are dark horses to go mm, to a final of the Champions League once again. They've got the players, they got Di Marco, Bastoni, like Lautaro, like Miktarian, Sagnano, Glue, yep. so Dumfries, yep. that is a master in assists too. So start to pay a lot more attention to this team than even a Marco Turam was the right decision to go get. So I think uh, Inter yeah. are going to win this game and they're going to yeah. win with maybe a goal suffered of Joko Simic. Shout out to you, Joko, and I hope this game goes well against Inter. Valuable experience okay. that Joko will be playing in San Zero, okay? A stadium yeah. that his father played, Dario Simic, at AC Milan. That, so. is that is amazing. Uh, well, I, I hate to say it, um, but I really, you know, and you've heard me say it before and you've given me a little bit of a shtick, uh, for actually saying it, but Gerhard Struber is not the guy to be leading Salzburg <laughs> forward again. I'm, I'm going to, I'll say it, I'll shout it from the rooftops. Uh, they dropped points over the weekend in the Bundesliga, which anyone that follows the Austrian Bundesliga knows that that is unheard of. Uh, and Lusk, I think, though? yes, they, was it Lusk? But, it was Lask. Yep. Lask is a good um, team, but they, they are—they are a good team. But come on, I mean, just come on. Uh, and it, it's not—it's not the first time. I mean, Salzburg is not that dominant this season. So this is—I I don't like the way Struber plays. I didn't like the way he played with the Red Bulls in MLS, and I don't like him here. So we'll see <laughs> what happens. But they need—they need—they have not found the replacement for Matthias Jassel, um, who is now in Saudi Arabia. And I'm sorry if I—I I butchered that last name again, but. I, I agree with you on Inter. I'm starting to come. I'm starting to see the light. Uh, <laughs> Marcus Turam is one of the top assisters in Syria. Lautaro Martinez is almost double Victor Osimen in terms of goals in Syria. And I understand this is not the the Champions League, but it just shows how effective this team is playing together. And I feel like they're just getting started. And I have to say, um, the the leader in big chances created in Syria, um, it it. He plays for Inter Milan. Do you have any idea who it might be? No, Barella? No, Di Marco. I'd say. Bastoni. Mm -hmm. Bastoni or Ooh. Di Marco? Uh, you got it. Alessandro Bastoni. Yeah, I've been watching yep. them play. Bastoni's yeah. crucial for that build-up play. Those long passes Massive. and that left foot. He's one of the best left-footed yeah. center-backs in the world. No doubt. I have no doubt saying that. And if Inter can retain Bastoni, Di Marco, Barella, Lautaro... That is a legacy team right there in the next five years. It is. I like it's that. Big. It makes them Serie A contenders every single year. Something that we remember in the past, Juve, they were dominant like that. So, 
Like, yeah, that's an interesting yeah, well, one. I didn't know he was actually the top guy in Chaz's creator. But it makes total it, sense in my view. But you, uh, it, it, there's another game, too, in Group D that Befica Real Sociedad on Tuesday, too. What are your thoughts yeah. about that? Because people at home, you're going <laughs> to... So, you know I'm Portuguese, so I've got, I want to hear first from you, Bretson. <laughs> well, I, I think Real Sociedad is definitely good enough to eke out at least a point here. And if Benfica is not careful, mm -hmm. um, they could steal all three points. Takafusa Kubo is, True. what, third in goals scored five in goals. La Liga at the moment in time? Yep. Uh, and I know there's quite a few that are at that five number, mm -hmm. uh, but he has been absolutely a joy to watch for Real Sociedad. And there's a supporting cast that is all healthy behind him um, that I... Uh, Benfica really needs to come out punching. I agree. Um, and we, I don't think we, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen Benfica at their best yet this season. I agree. We, but we've seen Benfica okay. beat Porto twice. So that, okay. that's a good result for Benfica. But I agree with you. We haven't seen the same Benfica that we saw last season, as stable as a team yeah. as they were. And why is that? Because Benfica lost Gonçalo Ramos. Grimaldo and Enzo Fernandes. And they only replaced one of those players, which was uh, João Neves with Enzo Fernandes. I'm not saying he's as good as Enzo Fernandes, but I'm saying he does the job and he's going to be such a baller. For all the listeners, please pay attention to João Neves in the Champions League game against Real Sociedad. He emulates the passion, the conviction, and every Benfica fan's heart on the pitch. He's going to be balling out guaranteed. He was called up for Portugal. And at mm -hmm. 19, okay, so this is a player that you should be playing a lot more attention, a wonder kid. But yes, if Benfica, this is a prediction mm -hmm. I'm going to do. If Benfica are going to beat Real Sociedad at home, they must play Musa in front with Orsens, mm -hmm. Rafa, and Di Maria. Orsens, Frederick Orsens must be playing at the left wing because off-ball, defensive duties... He's one of the best players in the Champions League. I'm very confident saying this. Frederick Orsens. And if you don't know about him, you might as well know him now. He's played eight positions. Eight positions since he's <laughs> arrived at Benfica. Fullback, winger, midfield. He can do everything. Striker, I still haven't seen goalie. And look how I say it. I still haven't seen. Because I'm not going to doubt Frederick Orsens. He's been <laughs> vital, okay, with Roger Schmidt. I think Benfica are yeah. going to win this game because it's a must-win game, okay? And if Benfica don't win it, it's even going to be complicated for them to go to the Europa League. And the games mm. at home, they must lock them in because this is a tough group, man. This is like a group of them with Ciudad, Salzburg, and Inter. Every team is yeah. top, top team. Yep. So, mm. Benfica, come on, go bold and win it. <laughs> But, but this midfield is just so underrated in La Liga for Real Sociedad. I, I know you're going to be talking the Benfica side, which is why I feel the need, because oh, I love this matchup. This this is a game I'm, I want to watch. Uh, I, uh, I'm i going to be watching um, whatever their kick around thing, so I won't be able to catch the whole game, which kind of stinks. But uh, Bryce Mendez, you've got Martin Zubamendi, oh, yeah. you've got Mikel Marino, and they, they actually have started to play Arsen Zakarian, who was one of the best players, one of the best young players in the Russian Premier League. Um, and I just, I love this midfield because it's just getting crafted out. You've got Aryarzabal, you've got Takafusa Kubo uh, in a win over Mallorca this weekend, came off the bench and scored, I think he scored the goal or assisted the goal. Mm -hmm. So their front six or so is just incredibly intriguing and very, very dangerous.
Um, so I, it, this is one of my favorite matchups of this entire match week, That's for true. sure. Because because yeah. this match will be very important yeah. for the for the whole season of both teams. But yes, Merino, true. what a player! Okay, defensive middle of Real Sociedad. But let us know your mm -hmm. predictions until now. Are you agreeing with us? If not, tell us down below and don't forget to like this video for more predictions sure. of game weeks just like this one. Oh, Group B now. <laughs> oh, go. I'm gonna yeah. go here with the the blockbuster for many London fans. Okay, Sevilla. Arsenal. Oui. Sevilla that drew mm. with Real Madrid this past weekend. Yeah. A match that was quite heated against Rudiger against Remsch. Sergio Remsch versus yeah. Rudiger. I hated to see that. Mm. But I love to see what the hugs smile. at the end of Bellingham with Remsch. A legend yeah. and a legend in the making both together. <laughs> uh, the, the, the video of Sergio Ramos trying to put a smile on Rudiger's face is just... It's it's just wonderful. I think we'll see that again and again. But I think it's going to get heated in this one too. Sevilla, Arsenal, um, and this is in Sevilla. So, uh, what do you think? Um, I go I, Arsenal. I mean, heading into this, I go Arsenal. You, you do? You think Arsenal's going to? Okay. I think Arteta will be. Look, I'm not going to say because Arteta's Spanish, he knows a lot about yep. Sevilla. But what I got to say is, I'm sure Arteta knows how to beat Sevilla at home. I'm very confident of the, the coaching of Arteta because if you see uh -huh. that Chelsea game, they come back from 2-0 losing to 2-2. So this yeah. team shows a lot of resilience. That, And I think Bukayo Saka, if he's back, he's definitely going mm -hmm. to be massively... No, he is going to be back. He's going to be massively important for this fixture. So my doubt is if Gabriel Jesus is going to score the goals, but uh, I'm going to go with Arsenal too. I believe Arsenal now, are going to win this game. Okay, and I, I will play, I will hedge, and I will say I think it's going to be another draw. Um, I, I think the Arsenal comeback uh, was jump-started more so or completed more so by the fact that Robert Sanchez gifted them uh, with some cruddy distribution from the back, gifted them a goal and some impetus that eventually led to the Trossard goal too. Um, so I, I think it's going to be tougher than people uh, give them credit for. And I think Arsenal getting a, getting a point in Seville is not, not the worst thing in but the we, world. But we Move on, dust it off. And, Arsenal's going to finish top in this group in the Champions League, right? Yeah, we do. And uh, because the other two, Lons, uh, even though that loss was interesting, and uh, PSV Eindhoven, Arsenal's the only team that's actually put PSV Eindhoven in their place uh, because obviously they are killing it in the ear division, which we'll get to. So, yeah, I still think Arsenal's going to land on top here, which is why I think one point um, mm. is good. And then, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine their final three. That's I'm an sure. interesting one. And I hope to see Thomas Partey starting this game that I think was one mm. of the biggest struggles against Chelsea. I didn't like Jorginho too much in that game. But you said Lump no. PSV. <laughs> I'm oh going to go with yeah. PSV in this game, okay? They're unbeaten in the era de visa. Only wins because of Bakayoko, Noah Lang, one of the most exciting young duos in, in, uh, in, in the wingers, okay? In wingers yeah. conversation, okay? Yeah. So I think PSV are going to win this game. With Joey Veerman, that you love Joey Veerman having a master class in this one. <laughs> I am about ready. I don't buy shirts with names on the back, but I am ready to get a Joey Veerman shirt. <laughs> no, I, I just think he's such an underrated playmaker, and he needs to take the next, next step out of the Eredivisie uh, to maybe solidify that. And I'll be honest, I'd love to know in the comment section where people think his next step should actually be. But you mentioned it. Baka Yoko's on fire mm -hmm. again these days. Luke de Jong has cooled off a little bit. But, I mean, if you've got Goose Till scoring in five consecutive Eredivisie games, 
coming in. They've just got these interchangeable parts, and they play a very attractive style of play. They've won nine in a row in the Eredivisie. They're nine and zero, oh, and oh, no, no draws. They've Ooh. scored a, over thirty goals, so they do it in a very, very attractive fashion. But it doesn't change the fact that when you go to the Champions League, you play much better teams mm-hmm. on par. And Arsenal put them in their place, and either they learn from it um, and beat Long in France. Um, which you know some other teams have struggled to do, uh, then then mm-hmm. it's it's got to get done. It's got to get done. So I think PSV. This will be hopefully. I did say originally I didn't think Sevilla was going to go all the way through. Mm-hmm. I said it was going to be Arsenal, PSV, and second. So PSV does need to get these three points for that to be a real possibility. And it's starting forward. to be more and more likely that that's going to be the case because this PSV team yeah. is balling out just like you said. Luke they De Jong are. or Ricardo Pepe. They've got options. <laughs> so, yes, I'm going to go with PSV2 on this one. Last group of the, right. uh, on the Tuesday, we have here a, <laughs> a huge match. I would love to go to Braga to see this one because Braga, Real Madrid, okay, people? Real Madrid is going to go to the Pereira. What are your predictions on this one, mate? I'm shook, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, that's just, it's, uh, what a game to be at. I mean, I feel like that's pretty historic. Is this the first time Real Madrid has ever visited? I don't game? know officially, but I think it is. I've never, I, I haven't that's recalled amazing. of such a big team going to the Braga Stadium. Yeah. Like, Real Madrid, Jude yeah. Bellingham is going to be in the Braga Stadium? Yeah. Like, unreal. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, uh, obviously, Braga are going to need to get something from this um, to to hold things. And I think uh, there is a weak um, chink in the armor of Real Madrid, and that is their ability to actually deal with crosses. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw and was able to verify that ten their 10 goals conceded this season, eight have come from a cross. Mm. Uh, it, or, you know, from not being able to deal with a cross. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that... Um, Eder Militao has been injured. Uh, he's he was their aerial presence for the most part, um, and then when you put Alaba in there, it seems like teams, at least in La Liga, have figured out how to um, get that. Now the issue is is uh, Vinicius and Rodrigo, and you know, they're scoring goals left and right, and Jude Bellingham too. So uh, just because you know how to potentially score against them, against them doesn't mean you can actually do it. So Braga is going to have to. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Get creative. Get creative. But yeah, I got to say Real Madrid is going to win this. And this will be Um, a good showcase of the talent that Braga has. Braga has Almuzgati that for me is a Premier League defensive mid-level type player. They've got Simon Banza, Mm -hmm. Abel Ruiz, Ricardo Horta that is is selected for the Portuguese national team. The best Braga player ever. And Bruma. Bruma is balling out this season and is the best player of Braga, in my opinion. And Alvaro Jalo. What a buy that he was. Remember these names because they're going to be involved in football in the next 10 years at the highest level, in my view. Braga has talent. And Nyakite, Nyakite, the center back. He's young too. Good player. Next to José Font, the experience. And Motinho. Braga Braga got João Motinho. So that was an interesting move too. I'm going to say a draw draw? maybe. (laughs) No, but if Braga gets a draw, it's a win, okay? But the most likely to win, obviously, is Real Madrid. So I just wanted to say to the spectators, because some people can be be putting a bet or two after seeing this video. And I I don't want to be miss 
deceiving you uh, with the decision because Real Madrid is more likely to win this game, in my view. But but from a, but from a bet perspective, I, I would I, I'm not going to say I'm comfortable saying, but I don't think it's out of the question that Braga strikes first. I think Braga can score. Yeah, both teams scoring. Yeah, is, I think Braga reasonable. Could strike first, and you know all bets are off. Uh, you know, literally and figuratively figuratively if they score first and uh and real madrid starts to actually fight for the game and and work for it uh but that midfield i just uh, alverde and uh, camavinga and i mean just it's gonna be it'll be a spectacle especially for those that are uh going to the game you need to go to the game alex uh, get maybe, to that game Benfica, Real Sociedad. <laughs> but let's okay. wait and see That's let's nice wait too. and see it's it's a nice one too kubu live come on <laughs> but oh, uh union berlin napoli this is a fall from grace type of situation. Union Braga Berlin. Beat Union Berlin. <laughs> Braga beat Union Berlin. Union Berlin have lost eight in a row after winning their first two. Oh. Uh, so this this is the purest definition of uh, we honestly need to score some goals, uh, win some points, um, or we are in trouble. I mean, they could even be in the relegation zone in the Bundesliga uh, by the end of the season if they're Ajax not careful vibes. because. Ajax vibes. Oh, it, if it is. It's Ajax vibes, except, you know, obviously Union Berlin's story over the last six, seven years has just been insane. So sometimes a really quick rise is also met with a relatively quick demise. But I hope I'm wrong about that. But Union Berlin's bad form and married with Kvaratskhelia mm -hmm. cooking again for Napoli um, leads me to believe that Napoli is going to wipe the floor with them. I think the only... Saving grace here for Union Berlin is the fact that Victor Osimhen is out. Oh, That's the only okay. saving grace here. Um, so we'll see. But Union have lost eight in a row. And that, I, there's not, only one way to fix that. I'm not going to say <laughs> Osimhen. I'm not going to say Raspadori is as good as Osimhen, but I think Raspadori could be scoring in this game. <laughs> like, yeah, think, seeing how things are. He's got a chance. Eight in yeah. a row, and Faradzkelia played really well, okay, this weekend. Faradzkelia could be back to his best, best form in this game, too. So I'm going to go he just, Napoli, too. Yeah. He, <laughs> okay. I, I had a feeling, but he just needed to uh, link up with his Georgian teammates, uh, have, a, have a good d game or two during the international break, and he is back to score. And I think he scored a brace over the weekend versus Verona. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have Kavarad Skilia back. Um, even if the other half of that wonderful duo is not quite healthy. Um, but yeah, Napoli is going to win and Napoli is going to need this win in group C to solidify second place mm -hmm. to, I think, hold off the challenge of Braga, but Braga, it, 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 this is it's a win. He's a fun group. It's a, it's a win for Braga <laughs> to go to Europa League. So I, I just want to say so, that the Braga fans, and it's excellent to see a Portuguese team not named Sporting Porto Benfica <laughs> to be in this decision and in the highest level because the Champions League yeah. is just that. So Group E <laughs> on Wednesday we have Feyenoord Lazio. Ooh, Arnes <laughs> Lots boys. I think they're gonna win this because Santiago Jimenez yeah. is unstoppable. <laughs> Unstoppable. Unbelievable. What is he doing? Uh, Mauricio Sarri will I, have a plan, but I don't think he can contain the Mexican striker. I think the only thing that's going on here is there is a question mark around Santi's health. That's it. He, he apparently left the game after, I don't know, scoring a goal and having a couple assists or something. Um, but he was forced to exit uh, with an injury, and I have not seen anything about how serious it is. So please tell us 
uh, below if that's the case, because without Santi Jimenez, I mean, they could put Igor Pachau up top, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and he would do just fine. But the Santi Jimenez Express, especially for Feyenoord, is a very real thing. He's got 13 goals, three assists in eight Eredivisie appearances, uh, and he has been chomping at the bit to be here to be ready for a Champions League opener and who best to do it against uh, than Lazio. Um, but behind him, even if Jimenez can't go because he's injured or something, mm-hmm. uh, you got to give more credit to Calvin Stengs and what he's done True. after a few injury-riddled years, trip to Nice, trip to Royal Antwerp, and now he is back in the Eredivisie where he started with Azed Alkmaar back in the day, but now he's killing it with Feyenoord. Um, three goals, six assists this season in nine appearances, and I really feel that even if Jimenez is out, they will still at least get a point against Lazio. This Lazio team should not scare them. I'm going to see if Feyenoord wins it, actually, and Rotterdam. Yeah. I, believe, I believe in them. I believe in Arne Slot a lot more. Because Arne okay. Slot brought them to, to, the, to their Conference League final. So True. Twice. Yeah. So I think, I think yeah. they can do good with, against Lazio, and I'm going to go with Feyenoord. But in the same group, we got Celtic yes. that at home. They're always a terrific team against Atletico mm. de Madrid. And <laughs> it's yeah. not Real Madrid, but Atletico de Madrid is balling out right now. Okay, They're top three in yeah. La Liga. Griezmann is unreal. Griezmann in 2023 in La Liga has 17 goals and 11 assists. Okay, so Crazy. it's Griezmann's time. <laughs> he's, he's, he, he, all those FM stats are on his head yeah. and he's Putting them in action. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Absolutely. He apparently is only eight goals away from becoming the all-time leading goal scare- scorer in Atletico Madrid. Oh, he's going to do that. Unreal achievement by Griezmann. Like, be- yep. he's going to be one of the most underrated players in the history of football. For what he's done for uh, France and now Atletico? I I would have to agree. I, I think he also, it'd be nice to see him... Um, not end. I mean, he's only 31, 32 years old, but uh, he has everything setting up nicely for a run at the next Ballon d'Or or a run in the top three or top five of the next Ballon d'Or mm. if France can do wonders in in Euros. But I, I, it's amazing to me because the whole Barcelona thing really kept him in that underrated uh, because it's true. Under, this is I, I don't know how to say this best because. Uh, a lot of people felt when he was having issues, you know, trials and tribulations at Barcelona, it was the fact that he was overrated or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it's it, it has led to people underrating him ever since then. I and I think he's actually preferred it that way because he has been underrated playing for France, which is really hard to do considering France is a favorite in pretty much every matchup they go into. Uh, And on top of that, what he's done at Atletico Madrid, when we were literally making fun of him uh, last season about, oh, he's going to play his 19 minutes off the bench and he's going to do this and he's going to, you know. Um, It is amazing to me what Antoine Griezmann has done. With that said, this is Celtic Park. There is a 12th man. They always have a chance to win at Celtic Park. Uh, but Atletico Madrid or, you know, Antoine Griezmann Madrid right now, even with all the injuries that they've got, um, they're going to win this. They're going to win this. Uh, I, I don't think so. we were making fun of him, but it was the fact that if he played more than 30 minutes, Atletico de Madrid yeah. would have to pay a lot more than they did <laughs> to get Antoine Griezmann. So it was unfortunate uh, that he wasn't, he was left in a situation like that. He, he wasn't shown a lot of respect, but 
Barca had to fix a problem and Atletico had to gain a world-class player. And both teams, it's true. that's what happened. So I think yeah. Atletico could be winning this game, but I'm going to say, because out of respect for Celtic, let's go. Get a draw, okay? Get a draw in this game. Show the resilience. Show the home fortress. Show the history that you've shown in the past against top teams. Come on, Celtic Glasgow. I, I, yeah, and a quick shout-out to a Honduran, um, a CONCACAF, uh, you know, come He's, he's coming up. He's not yet really well-known within CONCACAF, but Luis Palma um, has been phenomenal since mm-hmm. he came over to Celtic. Another great find for them. They plucked him out of the Greek Super League, um, and he has hit the ground running there. So uh, hopefully he gets some time against Atleti because he's, he's a fun watch, mm-hmm. um, even if I don't like rooting for Honduran players. Uh, but he's, he's a good find for Celtic, and they've been very good at, quote-unquote, finding good finds thanks to... Big Ange and what he had set up previous to him moving on. Uh, so cool. <laughs> That's um, true. But Atleti wins. They're too strong. Too strong. Mm, and now in Group H, which is it can, it's a diff. Well, not a difficult game. It's a difficult game for Shakhtar. <laughs> <laughs> Barcelona yeah. Shakhtar. I think we both of us we have Barca winning this game. Am I right, Bretton? It's a tune-up for one of the biggest matches of the season or one of the best footballing weekends of the season, which is next weekend, right? We've got the Manchester Derby and we've got El Clasico exactly. uh, on top of a whole bunch of other games going on. Uh, but Barcelona will use this as a tune-up. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got Balde back. They've got Yamal back. Uh, they would love to have the young back, but we'll see. Um, and I just think that's what they're going to be looking at. I, I think if Shakhtar's not careful, this could get out of hand. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It could get out of hand. It got out of hand with Antwerp, in which Jean Felix mm-hmm. had an absolute masterclass. And on Barca, I yeah. want to say this season, uh, Gavi has clearly shown this season that he's a leader and he's under 20. Okay. Gavi right now is one, I'll say, Gavi this season is a top three player for Barcelona in terms of importance. The retention on ball that he's been having, that Tech dictating the tempo, the consistency, and the intensity in duels that Gavi has is unreal at such a young age. And I'm going to say he's a must-start for Spain and a must-starter right now for Barcelona. He's put himself in that conversation this season. Last season, he was growing towards it. This season, he is it. He's the guy. And my... My favorite part of Gavi is the fact that he has, like, young Wayne Rooney blood in him. He's a bulldog. I mean, you, he wears it. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and he fights for everything. You, you remember Wayne Rooney when he came in, was making, making tackles as, like, a 17-year-old um, <laughs> that he probably had no business uh, making? He just had—it's it, not a disrespect, but— um, It's the audacity. It, it's the fact—exactly. It's the fact that every— Every tackle is important. Every Everything he does is important, and I love it. It reminds me of when, obviously, two very different players, but it reminds me of like that pugnacious, uh, just want to scrap uh, type of feeling that Wayne Rooney brought with him when he came into the league for Everton. Um, and I might be dating myself by saying this, but uh, Gavi doing what he's doing at 19 is uh, It's a good comparison unreal. because I think Gavi won't yeah. be leaving Barcelona in the next five years. If he leaves, it's because Barcelona want him to leave. But Gavi's pure intention, I think he wants to stay and be, actually become a legend yeah. in this club. And that's beautiful to see because he's got the talent to do that. 
he can be a top yeah. five player in the world in the future if he manages to yeah. keep on growing with Xavi. And Xavi's showing that he's the right coach to develop these kinds of players like Xavi, uh, Xavi, I, Balde, Gavi, and Pedri. Okay, so going with Group H, so has another game that's Royal Antwerp against Porto. Oui, Antwerp yeah. that has Royal, I, I, Antwerp that has Arthur Vermaren. And Mandela Keita both had their debuts for the Belgium national team. Exciting talents, yep. but I don't think... I think Porto's going to win this game. Sergio Conceição, yeah. when it comes to Champions League, when it comes to the big moments, he gets the wins. And this Porto team against Antwerp away is a must-win game for Porto in order to go through. I think Porto will <laughs> win this game at Antwerp in Belgium. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you here. Antwerp has won one out of their last seven. Um, though they do have the talent on the field. Uh, I think this is going to be a coming out party in a good way for uh, for Porto's offense. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be because I don't think, I mean, will the, will the real Medi Taremi stand up or Evan Nielsen? Or, I mean, your leading scorer right now, I believe, is it's like still Wanderson. Is it not? Is Galeno. Galeno? Yeah, Galeno scored two yeah. goals against Shakhtar. He turned up. It's then. true. It's true. He's a great yeah. player. So I, I I think Porto needs to yeah step it up. And as you already mentioned, right? Benfica's already beaten him twice this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Porto needs a jump start because it should be, when all is said and done, it should be Barcelona and FC Porto moving out of this group. I agree. Um, and Porto, I'm going to yeah. say it could be bold for some people. This is a bold statement for some people, but Jo Costa is one of the best goalkeepers in the Champions League right now. He's 23. Yeah. He's the starter of Portugal. And this Porto defense hasn't had Pep. Hasn't had Marcano, hasn't had Fabio Cardoso and David Carmo constantly playing starting. Okay, they've had to rotate them a lot because of injuries, mm. yellow cards, and Diogo Costa has been consistently there. And Porto's got the the le less goals. I, they are the team that suffered the less goals in the pr Primera Liga right now because there of Diogo okay. Costa. He's the key. So mm. I'm going to, I really like your Costa and I think he'll be vital in this win against Royal Antwerp. Oi, but we got a group of death. We said that the Befica group could be considered maybe the group of death, but this is actually yeah. the group of death of the Champions League group F. Oh. Paris yeah. Saint-Germain against AC Milan. <laughs> Whoa, that's an interesting match that I think Kylian Mbappé will have to go bold and will go bold. Do you agree with me, Bretton? Uh, yeah, uh, Kylian Mbappe needs to. Um, he had seven goals last season, right, in the Champions League, and he's only managed one in his first two appearances so far, which I know it's like, well, it's only been two appearances. It's Kylian Mbappe. Exactly. Uh, he had he had 10 goal involvements in seven Champions League appearances last season, and great. I mean, people like you kicking off, what, two braces or scoring eight goals in the league on season, but it doesn't matter if you can't do it. Uh, here. So uh, AC Milan is a much better team um, than, well, last year at this time. Uh, but AC Milan have got this this gauntlet uh, ahead because not only do they face, uh, they've got Juve, which unfortunately we're filming this before the Juve game. Then they've got PSG. And then they've got Napoli on the weekend. So it's going to be a massive weekend for Mike Mignon, for Fakayo Tomori, uh, and for, you know, the U.S. crew that's that's part of this. Um, but I, I think PSG has got to be chomping at the bit simply because of the last time out they got their butts handed to them mm -hmm. by Newcastle, who had not played a Champions League in over two 
decades. So, that's true. we'll see. There's blood in the water here. I There's blood in the water here. And I, think I think both teams will score yeah. in this game. And Paris Saint-Germain gets to see and I think Mbappe is a mandatory goal scorer in this game. Gosal Rams, I would like to see him turn up. I think I think he can do very good in games like this. But Rafa Leon. If Kylian yeah. Mbappé is the best player of uh, PSG, Rafa Leon is no doubt in my mind the best player of AC Milan. Rafa has to turn up big time against PSG, and it could be happening because when Rafael Leon is in form, he's one of the best wingers in the world. That's why they went through yeah. so long in the Champions League uh, last season. It was because of Rafael Leon until they faced, obviously, Inter Milan that did beat them in the semifinals. I'm going to say Paris Saint-Germain because it's a mandatory one for them to go through with Newcastle that I believe will be passing through in this group. But yes, Newcastle okay. I'm mentioning. Newcastle Dortmund. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking here? Yep. Well, I have to throw a little mea culpa out there because I have been very critical um, of Dortmund's transfer activity heading into this. Uh, they have been very effective. They haven't been playing wonderfully exciting football. I would mm -hmm. love for Eden Terzic to actually play a Gio Reyna, which he did play 30 minutes the other day. So we'll see what happens there. But they've been incredibly effective. So I have to give them credit where credit is due. But this is St. James Park. Uh, this is Newcastle have not lost an eight. Uh, and I just feel like Newcastle is really, really buzzing at this moment in time. So I think it's going to be close and I think it'll be a 1-0 win uh for Newcastle. I think mm. the defense will will uh save the day there and I think Dortmund will maybe come back down to earth uh so far Whoa. this season because they I think they've they've only lost once this season and Dortmund is very much in the race, but you can't point to anyone in their team that you're like this is the dude. This is the guy that is going to Maybe tear Malin. up Newcastle and St. James Park. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he's been much better. This is the best Danielle Malin that we have seen since he has joined Dortmund. So you have to give him credit there. Uh, but I, the, Haller is not firing. And it's a good thing. They're still getting results. And they're not firing on all cylinders just yet. Um, so maybe sure. that is a plus, but I just feel like Newcastle is the better unit, the better team. I mean, heck, they're getting a goal and two assists from Jacob Murphy. I I, I don't know what to tell you. No, and that this assist, week it's gonna. That assist was yeah. three passes only to Callum Wilson in a counter attack. It went to Pope, uh, Murray, and then the assist yep. went straight away to Callum Wilson. Like what a it's, that that goal shows exactly the style of play of Eddie Howe. Yeah. Right there, last weekend yeah. against Crystal Palace. So, yeah. I am agree with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Newcastle 2 to win this okay. game. Last group. There it is. Don't forget, we're in the last group. But come on, please. If you're listening until now, comment down below your predictions until now. And don't forget to like this video. Last group here with Leipzig against Red Star. What are you What are you thinking here? Chavi Simmons Masterclass. Uh, yeah, Lois Appenda, masterclass. He's going to continue his form from the weekend. Uh, he just scored the fastest goal in RB Leipzig history. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that's only going to continue because Openda, you got to remember how much. He scored the fastest hat trick, the fastest hat trick too in Liga last season. Did, did he really? Yeah, uh, he yeah, did. Yeah, 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 you're right. He did. Oh my. What? Yeah, what that's uh, for, for Lowe. He just doesn't right. score for Belgium. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. And oh hey, that is. Uh, that is a little challenge uh, that should be accepted uh, by Tedesco to get that figured out at some point because he could be a heck of a weapon for them That's for the true. future. But no, RB Leipzig, with their roster turnover, they are just 
figuring out their form. They are mm-hmm. just figuring out this squad. They are going to be more of a second-half season squad, and they're already strong right now. So I, I really do believe, I mean, RB Leipzig will get by Red Star, mm-hmm. and I, I also believe that they are going to be one of the dark horses to go further than most people are giving them credit for uh, in the knockout rounds in the season because they'll have a January window under their belt where they'll be able to address some things. Mm-hmm. And Xavi Simmons will actually know how to play more with Lois Appenda uh, and, and you know, all the other new faces Just within cool. this Leipzig uh, team. So I'm saying Leipzig over Red Star, and I don't think it's going to be close. And another player that I absolutely love of Le- RB Leipzig is Seifold. Seifold mm-hmm. will be the key of Austria in the next 10 years and the key yeah. of Red Bull Leipzig, especially when Dani Olmo and Xavi Simmons leave. He will be given a lot more responsibility and he's doing really good this season, yep. in my view. I go with RB Leipzig yeah. too to win this game. And last but not least, the young boys that against yeah. Man City, they'll be the old boys on the pitch, okay? They can't, they can't keep up yeah. with this Man City team in terms of transitions. I go Man City hard okay in this game i think it's the easiest game to predict do you agree with me Bretton? <laughs> i would agree with you and i think the only wild card that's that could be thrown out there is if for some reason pep decides to rotate 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 um and i i still i still think that they'd be good exactly. enough to, to likely get the win here <laughs> so yeah Lewis and um, I, I yeah yeah. I would... yeah i think we will see that we likely will see that yeah you, you never know that would be an interesting thing. Um, I think Oscar Bob will maybe play this game. And the fact that we see Oscar yes. Bob more, that will, that will be something positive. I think Man City win this game mm-hmm. confidently uh, in the Champions League. But yes, well, if let's you're just say if, if, sorry. <laughs> yes. if Cole Palmer was still playing for City, this would have been the game where he bags two goals and two assists. Oh, but, but uh, it's good for but, Cole that we see him at Chelsea no because now Cole yeah. Palmer can be said that he maybe he's an English national team player. In the next call-ups, okay? So that's what he's putting himself in the talk for. So, people, mm. if you're listening until now to these Champions League predictions, don't forget to leave your thoughts in the comment section and like this video. But last topics here in the podcast, we had to mention Leverkusen, mate. Leverkusen, yes. uh, in their last 11 games, they got 10 wins, 0 losses, and they have the most goals scored in Europe. 39, 39 goals scored with Xabi Alonso ball. Florian Wirtz is balling out. Jeremy Frimpong is balling out. Boniface is balling mm-hmm. out. And I'm certain, certain that they're going to be key figures in the world of football in the next 10 years. Boniface, yeah. Wirtz, and Jeremy Frimpong. What an unreal job is Xabi Alonso doing. Unreal. Top of the league. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. Um, it's going to come down the pike at some point. But we were mentioning when we were talking about Arteta, we were mentioning, you know, Spanish managers. Uh, if you had to start a team, or no, you were starting a team right now, new mm-hmm. club. Um, you had to pick either Xabi Alonso, Xavi, or Mikel Arteta. Who would you take to uh, lead the way? I think Xavi's doing really good at Barca because he knows Barca. I think Arteta is doing really good mm-hmm. at Arsenal because he knows Arsenal. I would say Xabi Alonso, maybe. Xabi Alonso, wow. what he's doing. When he started Bayer Leverkusen, they were 16th. Now, they're okay. top of the league competing against a Bayern Munich team that has their best yeah. start since 2016-17. I would take That's- Xabi Alonso because just like Zidane, Xabi Alonso mm-hmm. can slot in a training session and show how it's done. 
That's why it's so uh, special. Yeah. We've seen the tape, those 25 seconds of yeah, absolute yeah, yeah. balling of passes, okay? Beautiful curlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would take maybe Chabi Alonso and Boniface me. Boniface uh, is yeah. one of the best strikers in the world, and he's just arrived for 20 million to this Leverkusen team. He's got 10 goal, yeah. uh, 10 goal involvement, 7 goals and 3 assists. So I think Chabi Alonso is the reason why a lot is happening, and maybe... No, not maybe. I would pick him. And another thing, too, with this Leverkusen team is disrespectful mm -hmm. that Grimaldo doesn't get selected for Spain. I'm not saying Grimaldo starts ahead of Balde, but Grimaldo right now is one of the most informed left backs in the Europe's top five leagues. He's got three goals and yeah. three assists right now. Baller. Yeah. Okay, what a move to Bayer Leverkusen with Xabi Alonso. So who would you and pick? Who would you pick out no. of the three? You you actually that was my line of thinking was exactly <laughs> that um, the, the 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 structure of understanding a team uh, or understanding a club and the personnel and the politics um, actually does need to play into it. Now, mm -hmm. if you separate them, we don't know because we don't we have what uh, Saudi was it Saudi Arabia mm. where or was he at uh, UAE was Xavi at UAE previously? Xavi was it we only uh, have Qatar I think yeah. Mm -hmm. In Qatar. Okay, yeah, we only have one previous club to this before he lands his flipping dream job, let's be honest. Xabi sure. Alonso is obviously bringing a new way or a new line of thinking uh, and a, a new tactic uh, to Bayer Leverkusen and trying to build them up. And at, at some point, unfortunately, either Xabi Alonso is going to turn him into a super club or what more likely is going to happen is they will become victims of their own success in that, you know, you'll have Boniface bought for $75 million by a who knows, Newcastle's right? Spurs already. or Liverpool, Newcastle. E exactly. And you'll have Jeremy Frimpong, who finally deserves, uh, you know, a whole lot more love than what he's been getting, but mm -hmm. he's got to actually replicate that elsewhere. I could see him at, like, Newcastle or somewhere of that nature, which we, mm -hmm. a lot of people we could see at Newcastle. But listen, I think he's just getting going here. Uh, 39 goals scored, just seven guy, uh, goals conceded, playing incredibly attractive football where it's like ping, ping, ping in the middle, and then boom, they unlock the speeds on the flanks. That's why you've got guys like Grimaldo, and you've got uh, Frimpong. You've said it before, they're probably the best flank players, the best fullback tandem in the world right now. Um, and the statistics support that because they have managed or played a part, been involved in om over half of those 37 goals that have been scored or 39 goals that have been scored by um, Lever by Leverkusen. But what's in insane to me is that I don't think Xabi Alonso has figured out a way to make, um, uh, make Leverkusen's attack as efficient as it absolutely can be. Nobody necessarily wants to talk about it, but Victor Boniface, while he is scoring... He has uh, he has underperformed his analytics. He has underperformed by a lot his XG. He has underperformed in the sense that uh, he doubles everybody else's big chances missed in the Bundesliga. Doubled them. He's got 13 <laughs> big chances missed. I remember this, guy this conversation take... with Holland last yeah. season too, Bretton. Exactly. <laughs> this guy can take another step higher. For those people that don't think Boniface can get better, he will get better. He will. Um, uh, uh, he will get better. So um, I think Florian Wirtz has stepped it up a notch, even mm -hmm. if it hasn't necessarily turned into um, goals and assists. 
I think he is so, so important before we even talk about the two guys, the facilitators, Shaka and, um, oh gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Hoffman. Uh, mid and Palacios. Uh, well, Hoffman, uh, Palacios, thank you. Ezekiel Palacios. So I, I do think you're right. I would pick Xabi Alonso um, uh, just because he has gone somewhere, quote unquote, foreign. And uh, he has made them an incredibly attractive and team. But it's still early days. It's, it's a prediction right days. here. And I think Xabi Alonso will be the manager of Real Madrid next season. I think Florentino Perez and has a worry when Ancelotti leaves mm -hmm. of who will develop Jude Bellingham, Vinicius Jr., Chuameni, Camavinga, a lot of world-class yeah. potential youngsters. Xabi Alonso can do that. And we see with Boniface, Jeremy Fringpong, and Florian Wirtz. Three world-class potential youngsters right there. They're being developed yeah. the right way ahead of Bayern Munich right now. And Florian Wirtz too. I believe it will be his last season too for Leverkusen. If he doesn't get injured, okay? Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or Barca. One of these and three this, teams. This I think we'll get him. Exactly. But, but this is exactly what I was mentioning, right? It's a victim of your own success type of thing. Um, it'd mm -hmm. be great to maybe see... Uh, Bayer Leverkusen enter into three, four years of uh, just playing wonderful football that maybe leads to some Bundesliga titles it and do that. breaking the hegemony of Bayern Munich. The issue is, is if Xabi Alonso is on his way out the door within the next 12 months, Florian Wirtz goes to Bayern Munich, Victor Boniface goes to uh, Boniface, sorry, goes to the Premier League. Um, that is a victim of your own success. And you find new ones. Um, That's what you gotta do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you find new ones, mate. I think Leverkusen. Look, Dortmund. They've. You think they've they can been, do it? Dortmund have been victims nonstop. Okay, if, if, but True. I think Leverkusen can be in the talk now. I think Chabi, what the, what Chabi Alonso has done. Is they he's put Leverkusen in the same talk as Leipzig, as Dortmund, and now at sure. Bayern Munich this season. So I think that's hmm. that's been bold. And Stuttgart, Stuttgart too is in front oh, of Bayern yeah, yeah. Munich in the Bundesliga, and it's not because of a manager. It's because of Girassi, the first player to score 14 goals in the first eight fixtures in the Bundesliga. He's for sure being scouted by every top team on earth. Girassi. I was shook. I, I, like, I knew the player, but I didn't know he was this good. <laughs> I know. I, I know. And, yes, um, it is amazing to me that Robert Lewandowski only several seasons ago scored 41 goals, right, in the Bundesliga, and that didn't happen? How is this the first time it's happening when you had guys like Robert Lewandowski, Erling yes, Holland, um, there relatively recently? But I think the bigger transformation here is it's not just Garassi. Um, it's the whole team of Stuttgart. I mean, this they have a chance to finish the highest up in the Bundesliga uh, that they've finished probably in the last seven or eight years or maybe even longer than that. I don't know because I can't tell you the last time that Stuttgart has been this high. Stuttgart was fighting for their Bundesliga uh, lives mm -hmm. last season. Serhu Garassi was part of the reason why they stayed in the Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. But nobody, nobody expected this. They Currently, are... second place. Mm -hmm. And Garassi is definitely uh, definitely the reason why. And that's a Stad Rene product. 5 Stad Rene product at 5 yeah. nil win against yeah. Freiburg. Like, Union. <laughs> facts. Yeah. But the players that we got to mention is like Enzo Milio. Enzo Milo. That is a wonder kid yep. that that could be that was a good snatch. Denny Zundav, yep. 
that Danny Zundav, <laughs> we know, at St. Gilles was, he was balling out, and this was a good move for him. And I like the goalkeeper, Alexander Nubel. He, he's un, yeah. a, an under-the-radar goalkeeper. That's well said, yeah. This team has a, yeah. some interesting names, Stuttgart. It does, and I, I'm going to say I, I feel like they'll probably, you know, fall back down the table a little bit, but I, this is a team that went into the Bundesliga this season just wanting to stay in the Bundesliga. That's true. I don't think they necessarily expected this, and I think the other name you probably have to throw out there is Chris Furick. Um, who is a yes. speedster, and he has been a facilitator in the midfield for them. But it, what's crazy about this is not just Girassi's goal scoring. They have actually matched Leverkusen and Bayern Munich in goal differential. Mm. In goal differential, okay? They're plus 17. So it, it, it hasn't just been like when they open up a can of, you know, when they open, it's not just one zil, one nil wins. These are these are three nil wins, five one wins, four zero wins. Playing very very attractive, or for the most part, relatively attractive football. Um, with Girassi being the train that right now cannot be taken off the tracks. Um, so we'll see. I don't think Lewandowski's forty one goal season is in threat just mm. yet. Would you say? <laughs> well, I don't know if Girassi's gonna stay until January because like there's teams True. that need a striker and. That could be something that can happen. But yes, yeah, Stuttgart last season were fighting for relegation. And they managed Amazing. to not get relegated by, what, a goal? Two goals? Yeah. It was really yeah. down to the needle. So that's yeah. it's quite good to see that they're now they're ahead of Bayern Munich with their best start since 2016. But if you're listening until Ooh. now to episode 128, please don't forget to like this video. And obviously, comment down below your thoughts about episode 128 with Champions League predictions, with Leverkusen, with Premier League. We want to know your thoughts down below. And if you're listening until now, thank you so much for going bold with us in another podcast episode. Take care, people.